Have you ever stepped out in faith, feeling led to do what some would consider impossible, but believing that God was directing you and knowing that He would do just that? Well, Trace and Beth Embry saw a need in our world, and they knew God was calling them to be the answer and to bring healing. So step by step, brick by brick, child by child, through God, they are breathing life into our next generation, and they are watching God build something incredible. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill. That's today on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you're joining us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. 20 years. We are celebrating 20 years of serving families and teens in crisis. And our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry. Trace and his wife, Beth, have a heart and passion for the parents and youth of today's culture. Trace was a former business owner and police officer in the Chicago area. But God led them on a journey, and the Embrys basically gave up everything to move to Georgia and begin Shepherd's Hill Academy. Trace and Beth have five kids and six grandchildren. And there's, of course, more to that story, but that's why we're here today. So, welcome, Trace. Hey, thanks for having me. (laughs) Okay, so you're in the hot seat. You have written the book, The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill. And I, I just want to start off with miracles. How do you define miracles, Trace? Uh, real simple f- for me, uh, things that uh, happen in the uh, empirical world that cannot be explained empirically. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, they can't scientifically be explained. If uh, your hand grew back because someone touched you, uh, you couldn't really explain that with science. Uh, and there are a lot of uh, circumstantial miracles that um, you could write off as being circumstances, but there comes a point when that becomes ridiculous, when uh, enough circumstances happen enough times to where any prudent individual, as the court, even the court system recognizes, no, 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 this, this is beyond circumstance. There was something behind this. And the book is basically to challenge the unbeliever to, to try to, to explain this away as anything other than supernatural and for the believer to realize that, uh, you know, God's still in the miracle working business. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said that uh, we, we routinely see hands grow back or things like that, but we do routinely see life transformations, no doubt about that. But the book is not primarily about even the life transformations. There are life transformations that we, we talk about in the book. But it's a series of things that started Shepherd's Hill, that sustained Shepherd's Hill, uh, preserved and and grew Shepherd's Hill that only uh, God could have orchestrated. And um, anyone who reads the book will probably agree with that. So help us understand Shepherd's Hill. What is Shepherd's Hill? Where did it start? Where has God taken it? Yeah, well, it started uh, probably 35 years ago. Uh, when uh, uh, I was a, a business owner in the Chicago area as a policeman, auto racer, and um, realized that there was more to life than just uh, earning an income or uh, experiencing uh, adrenaline-producing activities. Uh, and so I woke up one morning and thought, I'm going to do this tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. And, you know, there's got to be something more. And I had a friend who... Uh, was struggling greatly with a lot of different things. He was getting attacked from all ends, and yet he kept smiling. 
And uh, I asked him, I said, well, what, what, you know, what's keeping you going? And we had, we had uh, parted company for a little while because I had left the police department and he was still on the police department. So we didn't see each other as, many, as, as often as we did, but we grew up together as kids. And he says, Jesus. And he invited me to church and uh, the rest is history. Uh, once Beth and I decided that, you know, this, we're going to take this Jesus thing seriously and pursue it, uh, the Lord started uh, showing up in our lives, and uh, we realized that if you'll commit to him, uh, submit to him, obey him, I know that's a politically incorrect term today, but if you obey the God who created you, uh, that he is more than willing to lead you into his divine will, and uh, you know, if God before you, who can be against you? And so we started hearing from the Lord the specific things of life, not just don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, you know, specific things. And in our case, it was, I want to use you. And we were probably the, and you hear this a lot, but the most unlikely candidates for ministry. And it took us a few years to wrestle through that as to whether we were really hearing from the Lord, but things just kept happening. It was just a domino effect of laughable uh, things, uh, and then the, the the laughter turned into, wow, this is serious. We are being pursued by God. And uh, we, we either submitted or, re- or rebelled, and we, we chose to submit. And that ended up uh, with us going to Bible college in, in our mid-30s and um, moving our family uh, from the Chicago area to northeast Georgia where we didn't have a clue what we we're going to do other than thinking that, okay, we're probably going to be a missionary, probably going to be a pastor or something, you know. And uh, lo and behold, uh, midway through our Bible college experience, the Lord had something different in mind, and we both knew this. Uh, and I won't go into all the details. But you can read the book. Uh, but he said, you need land. Start looking for it. And the first place that we, we picked out wasn't for sale. It was just an old abandoned mm-hmm. drug operation, a farm, a 60-acre farm, uh, triple murder involved in the, in the place. And it was tied up in the legal system. And for the next year and a half, we would just uh, looked, looked at other places. Trace, what did that feel like to be, you guys kept stepping out in faith. And, and it was almost like God was continuing saying, okay, one step here, mm-hmm. one step here, and then you land. And then, oh, wait, no, another step, mm-hmm. another step. What was that like? What did that feel like to step out in that kind of faith? Well, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a bit scary, but, you know, I'd, I'd learned uh, in Bible college, actually, uh, not in any classes I took, but while in Bible college, I, I read a, a lot of Oswald Chambers, and um, uh, I don't know if he specifically said this, but he certainly is behind the concept, obey the light God gives you, and he'll give you more light. So he'll mm-hmm. tell you to build an ark in the desert, and it's like, well, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Well, either build the ark in the desert or... Don't get any more light. <laughs> you know, you, you're going to yeah. do what he tells you to do, or you're going to stall out. And believe me, we stalled out a long, long, long time because I'm a more driven person than I am a led person. Even if it's God doing the leading, I want to, you know, I want to lead. I, but in the case of ministry, a true ministry for God, you better put yourself in a position to be led, uh, mm. and then He'll equip you for the rest. That's really good. Okay, let's fast forward to the setup of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Why would you start a residential program for teens? (laughs) 
only because God said so, because we did this kicking and screaming. Uh, well, yeah, that's not an easy feat to do. No, no, no. We didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. I, I knew that what we were acquiring land for must be something for teens because they're our future. And I saw that the postmodern world, uh, you know, since the hippie movement of the 60s and 70s, what was happening to the way we defined terms, uh, our secular leanings and throwing God out of everything. And I saw where this was going, and I saw that with uh, the, the onset of the Internet and, and you know, mass com- uh, communication and, and, and uh, information, that teens were going to be more vulnerable than they were before. And uh, it, it wasn't until years later that we realized God wanted uh, kids to live there with us. And that was what I kicked against big time. And my wife kicked against it too. But, Did you feel uh, equipped or prepared for this? Totally ill-equipped. I still feel ill-equipped in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm, I'm way more confident than I, I was you know, back then. But I mean, we're stepping into something that was just way out of our league. And I think that's right, right where God wants people to be in ministry is mm-hmm. out of their league. Because anytime that you say you're working for God, by definition, you're out of your league. You just have to do what he says. And it really ultimately, um, I, I hate to you know put this burden on the Lord, but uh, let's put, let me just say this: He can handle it. He's got big yeah. Uh, it wasn't until the birth, life, and death of our youngest son that we really got the memo, uh, because uh, we were doing once we got to the farm, and that's a, that's an incredible story in and of itself. How do you buy a sixty-acre farm with two hundred dollars in a handshake? You, you know that you're supposed to, to have this place, the first place that we saw when we felt like we were supposed to find land. And then for the next year and a half, nothing really takes place. You know, it's just sitting there in an old abandoned farm. But it wasn't until, uh, oh, I guess it was, let's see, we got the farm 94, uh, six years later, our son was born. And then almost seven years later, he passed. But it wasn't until then that, that we realized that, uh, uh, we could actually love unconditionally because our son was born with a lot of issues that really was, uh, well, they were life-threatening issues and ultimately it did take his life. But we were uh, wrestling before God and kind of fighting God. Maybe you can call it rebelling against God. We didn't want kids living there. And once uh, we were on the, the, the brink of losing our son, when we realized that we wanted our son back or we didn't want to lose him, We'd keep them just the way we had them. And then after he passed, we realized, well, you know, we, we, maybe we can love unconditionally. Maybe mm-hmm. kids can love uh, live here and we can do what we need to do to treat them like our own and help them with their issues and their families with their issues. And, uh, you know, we relied on God to this point to supply this this 60-acre farm with $200 in a handshake uh, you know, if we can trust him with that, then we can trust him with, with more. And, you know, it's funny because when we, when we took our first group of boys for residential care, my son's name was Asa, which isn't a real common name. But the second kid that walked in the door when we finally submitted to keeping kids at Shepherd's Hill, which was seven years later, his name was Asa. And it would have been a better story if it was the first kid, but it was actually the second kid who walked through the door. And... God's got a way of affirming and confirming yeah. his will. You don't want to ask him the whys necessarily. You can. You're not always going to get the answers. Why am I doing this? Why am I buying a farm? Why am I 
why you you know my son going home a little bit early why are you putting us through what we went through for seven years to even determine whether we needed to why 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 well you know what god's not obligated to give a why you know as most parents are 20 25 30 years older than their kids and when when juniors you know a little baby uh, just learning to talk he can ask why all he wants to anything you tell him he's not gonna understand just do it and the whys will come and sometimes they're immediately after you obey and sometimes they're years after you obey the why I think God wants us to ask why I just don't think that we're always in a position to understand why and that's good what the book does is it gives you our story and then we go into the whys that we've discovered behind it. So I want to encourage believers, the whys can come and often do, but the obedience has to come first. Hmm. I want to ask you more about those whys, but we need to take a break right now. Hey, we're talking Why? with Trace Embry. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was told we have to take a break. We're running out of time. The only thing we have to do is die and pay taxes. <laughs> Well, we're talking with Trace Embry today on Licensed to Parent, and it's not every day that the host of the program is in the hot seat answering questions. We hear on each episode of Licensed to Parent about Shepherd's Hill, and today we are learning more. In fact, Trace is talking about his new book, The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill. We'll be right back after this. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherds Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash building together. That's ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I've believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to his word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org.
Welcome back to Licensed to Parent. I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm grilling the host of Licensed to Parent, Trace Embry, today. We're talking about Trace's new book, The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill. And you can pick up a copy through our website, licensedtoparent.org, or on Amazon. Okay, Trace, you've been sharing the miracles of Shepherd's Hill with us today, and I'm just wondering, I want to go back to a story. You were talking about a drug deal that was going down on a piece of property. Well, no, the the previous owners of the 60-acre farm they required had a major drug operation going there, and uh, oh. I, I don't know if it was a drug deal going bad or what, but there was a triple murder involved in it, and it was all tied up in the legal system. No one could buy this property. If you had the cash to buy it, and two people did have cash to buy it, uh, but we had 200 bucks to buy it. And uh, long story short, the Lord orchestrated the circumstances where we got the place as opposed to the uh, two. There was five people after the property. Two of them had cash. Mm-hmm. And um, and yet it ended up uh, with, with paupers who were full-time Bible college students who ended up getting the property. How can you explain that? Well, that's one of the things that people <laughs> can't explain. Yeah, and my only explanation is is that God wanted it to be used uh, for His purposes. And you know, if you fast forward from the time we acquired the property uh, to uh, just a few years ago, actually, when we acquired uh, several different tracts of land, because we had an eighteen year fight with the Georgia Department of Transportation, who who came through the middle of everything that we were trying to build. About that's a long time. Oh, that's a my long goodness! Fight. Yeah, and 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 to put in all the years and years and years and years and years of work that we put in, only to have the devil, you know, throw a, a nuclear one at us, uh, four lane highway right through the center of everything we built for an outdoor therapeutic program, and that's sure to destroy everything. Well, it didn't, but it it, it took a, a grand fight, and I was out scouting out new sites on a piece of property we'd, acqu- we'd acquire like seven different tracts of land to to keep our doors open. And with the same $200 in a handshake, by the way, it was, we just kept refining. It wasn't the Dave Ramsey way, but we, we kept doing it. <laughs> and so I'm out uh, scouting on a campsite and I ended up accidentally at our neighbor's property. He says, what are you doing out here? And I, I told him, he says, well, how, how many different tracts of land does Shepherd Hill own now? And I told him, and the guy's jaw about dropped to the ground because he knew what we did here and he received our newsletters. I told him and he says, uh, do you realize that you own every track of land that that drug dealer owned, working for the devil, purchased these properties with laundering his drug money, and he couldn't keep it. Hmm. Now you're using it for God. Then my jaw dropped to the floor because I, I knew that he operated a 60-acre farm with a, you know, a drug operation, basically. I didn't know that he had all these other tracks of land that we had acquired uh, and, and believe me, if I didn't have to acquire them, I wouldn't have acquired them. But we we did to to keep our doors open, and that's a whole other story. It's in the book as well. But how did that make you feel <laughs> when when he was sharing this story with you? Affirmed. I mean, there's nothing that's happened uh, subsequent to acquiring the property that hasn't affirmed that the purchase was something that was God inspired and um, ordained for my family and me. And for the families of people from 19 other countries, by the way, <laughs> because we we serve kids from all over the, uh, America and 19 other countries. So it wasn't just my family wow. got affected. My it, my family being affected affects other families. And by the way, something else that I, I hear a lot about from people is all 
like our former staff members who, a lot of them go on to the foreign mission field. We have one in Ukraine right now having bombs dropped on them. And different countries in Africa, there's one in Germany, uh, India, uh, in, in Southeast Asia. I mean, all over the place, around the world, former Shepherd's Hill Academy staff members who every one of them that I've talked to said their time at Shepherd's Hill was invaluable to the work that they're doing overseas. Remember that Jesus changed the whole world with 12 people and no internet. And you can say, well, you know, you've only served, you know, several hundred people compared to Billy Graham's thousands and millions and millions and millions. Yeah, but this is more like a multi-level marketing approach. So we're putting such quality into these kids and their families and their extended families that they're being impacted by their friends and family and they're being impacted by other friends and family because I get cards, letters, texts, emails from people from all over the, the, the country and, and around the world. You don't know me, but I know someone who knows someone who has impacted your place. I read your story, blah, 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 blah. And the book is 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 fueling a lot more of that. And we have done nothing really to market the book other than this radio broadcast and our newsletter to this point. There was one man who read your book, and he said that you make faith exciting. Why do you think he said that? Uh, because faith is exciting. I, I, don't, I don't think that there's anything more exciting. You're talking to a guy who, who raced cars for 40 years, who fought bad guys for years as a policeman, who, who's done a lot of crazy adrenaline junkie-type stuff, and I was just in chapel with our kids the other day. I said, nothing, you know, no, no race won across the country has done anything for me like seeing one kid go from one foot in the grave or one foot in jail to being a, an apostle for Christ. I mean, it's a, a people, these kids are leaving here. And it's amazing. It, they're, they're so shortchanged by even their parents sometimes. What they, they don't expect anything from these kids. You know, maybe the next level of a video game. But these kids, we got kids that'll leave it here. They're working in NASA. They're they're on teams to uh, prevent cures for pancreatic cancer. Uh, they're PhDs uh, in nursing, on and on and on. And so that's exciting to me. That's that is very that's an exciting. adrenaline uh, rush for me. <laughs> Exhilarating indeed, Trace. You know, I'm just curious. We've been talking about some of the miracles of Shepherd's Hill, but this program, Licensed to Parent, is a miracle in itself. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, tell me about that. I mean, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's nuts. It's not anything that I would have considered doing of my own volition. Um, hmm. I wrestle with this uh probably two, maybe three years before we finally pulled the trigger on it. And I just had parents and different people uh, coming up to me on a regular basis. Hey, look, um, you know, the stuff that is transforming these kids at Shepherd's Hill, that needs to get out. I mean, mm. you need to tell the world about this. And I'm, you know, I'm scratching my head thinking, you know, okay, how? Write a book maybe or whatever. Uh, but mm-hmm. I kept hearing radio program. And uh, mm. that just scared me out of my wits. Uh, but it, it just kept coming back. And then I started sensing that maybe the Lord was saying, look, when you're at the end of your rope, that's when I take over. And and I don't know the first thing about radio. I still don't really. I mean, I show up and I give content. Uh, I have to have someone push buttons for me because I, I just, I'm not a tech guy. And uh, we just decided uh, to investigate a local, uh, I say local, it's 70 miles away, Greenville, South Carolina. We did a, started out doing a live program uh, 
Really? And uh, just petrified, absolutely petrified <laughs> to do something like this. But we got feedback right away. And um, uh, we got introduced to different people. And then uh, Rich Rosel was a key mm-hmm. individual who lived down the road, probably 50 miles from me. When Rich came aboard, uh, he really kind of uh, led me by the hand. And then it was just one series of miraculous events after another, uh, including people randomly coming up and saying, look, uh, we'll build you a radio studio. Well, they were offering their hmm. their expertise in building, uh, but no, you don't, you don't get it. We're going to pay for it too. Okay, uh, what about the wow. equipment? Well, we're going to cover that too. We'll find someone to, to, to do it, and they, they helped out with that. And first thing you know, in the middle of a horse pasture, we've got a, a radio studio that now um, this past year, was uh, the program, Licensed to Parent, was nominated for the second time for NRB, National Religious Broadcasters Program of the Year. And I, I still scratch my head thinking, That's an honor. how did that happen? That's a huge honor, Trace. That's exciting that it was nominated. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably don't even know the magnitude of it all. I, I just uh, I just roll with it. And uh, that's kind of what the, the book, The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, is all about. It's rolling with the, the things that God has impressed upon you to do when you have no plan, no inclination, uh, no resources to do it. He, he just continually has us build arcs in the middle of deserts and, and then makes it float somehow. Uh, but that's what the book's about. And um, the radio program is certainly a, a, a part of that. And um, I just want to encourage folks, if, if, you, <laughs> if you've not allowed the Lord to walk you through some impossible situations, you have yet to live. God has taken you and your wife, Beth, on such a journey. I have one last question for you because you had mentioned, um, as we've been talking today, that you were kind of kicking and screaming. This is a journey that you took kicking and screaming, not really wanting to continue down this road. And yet you have continued down this road. Do you have any regrets? Zero. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and this is from a guy whose kid is buried on Shepherd's Hill. At the foot of the cross. And I have no regrets because I have a bigger picture uh, to the equation. It's the eternal picture. It's the, um, there's no start, no beginning. Uh, I, I will be with my son. You know, David said, I, I, he can't be with me, but I will go to him. And that's where I'm at. So no regrets. No, and God's pulled enough rabbits out of the hat for me in my life to where I'm pretty confident that that is the case. Trace, thank you so much for joining us today on Licensed to Parent. Thanks for having me, Michelle. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Trace Embry. To find out more about Shepherd's Hill Academy and the work he's doing to equip the next generation, go to licensedtoparent.org. Also, to pick up his book, The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, go to licensedtoparent.org or Amazon. Thanks for listening to Licensed Parent. To listen to our other episodes, go to licensedparent.org. You know, I want to take a minute to remind you that this program is an extension of Shepherds Hill Academy, our year-long Christ-centered, wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. You can learn more about this ministry to teens and their families at our website. Again, that's licensedparent.org. And at Shepherds Hill right now, we're in the process of developing a new campus because the good news is God continues to grow our student body. 
So phase one is to build a new dining room that will aid us in serving our students and staff. Would you consider coming alongside and partnering with us in this process? You can do that by giving a financial gift. When you give a gift of any amount to Shepherds Hill, you are bringing hope and healing to families in crisis. And you can give securely online by clicking the donate button at the top of the page when you visit licensedparent.org. And your gift, of course, is tax deductible. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Daniel Fazina is our guest coordinator. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless. See you next time.